Motherfucker, it's time for the show. Oh yeah, that's a line from Serenity. <laughs> <laughs> was that that was a reaver, right? That was yeah, when they when re- they first come down on the planet. What if the reavers the weren't like like <laughs> evil cannibal whatever? They were just like ninety three X hosts. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome to the half ass reaver show. <laughs> But it's a half-ass because I cut off your other ass. And eat it. <laughs> I'll eat you and rape you for days and days, or whatever that kid says at the beginning. Remember that line? What? No. Yeah. Uh, That's no, hours not... and hours. Hours. It's So there's a kid in that classroom where that lady is teaching. She's like, so, and there are all these planets, and do you know what Reavers are? And he's like, yeah, they're evil, and they'll kill you and rape you for hours and hours and hours. And then another kid's like, stop. I guess I don't remember the kill you and rape you for hours part. It's pretty. It's pretty. Jesus. Weird. Yeah, like that kid is uh, one a psychopath, but also uh, just a real strange way to start a movie. Like, yeah, it's not it, that that scene set the tone, I guess, because they sort of introduced. Well, they had to be that, like, let's get let's get everybody scared of reavers. Like, let's make sure they loom over this movie like a threat. Sure, I would say though it's it's a bit of an homage to uh, "It's a Wonderful Life." You know how that movie yeah. started is like every time an angel loses its wings, <laughs> it'll kill and rape you for hours and hours and hours. Thank God. A Clarence, oh God! Oh no, Clarence! I never actually saw "It's a Wonderful Life." Every time a bell rings, an angel loses its wings. That makes sense. And then and becomes they a kill raver. and rape for hours yeah. and hours and I hours. Mean, it, it is a little weird to think about, like how many reavers there are in the real world. Yeah, they're everywhere. No, but that scene—it's just really like I kind of want to go back and watch this movie. Well, <laughs> too late now, motherfucker. <laughs> Welcome to Contextual Deviants. My name is Christian Haken. Each episode, we discuss a movie, and we talk about it through a series of randomly generated critical contexts provided for us at different intervals by our contextual computer. We know what the movie is, but we don't know how we're going to talk about it. It's going to be pretty fun. Hope you'll stick with us for this little love fest. Uh... This week it's just it's 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 just two. It's another it's another it takes two episode. Yes. Unfortunately, we're not doing the movie it takes two. But <laughs> here here to talk about a film with me today is my good friend and co-host, Mr. David Gucci. Oh, what's up? Hi, hello. Oh, what's up? Hi, hello to you. <laughs> oh, yes, and also with you. <laughs> and also with you. <laughs> my favorite response to almost anything. It, it's pretty great. Asia and I were talking yesterday about the different phrases you can say that are functionally meaningless uh, mm. after just about anything. Like um, my favorite is there you go. There you go. It's nothing. There you go. <laughs> or uh, uh, what a time to be alive. <laughs> uh, that one's pretty good. Although it does have some implications. Or uh, in this economy, <laughs> uh, that's a pretty great one. 
Um, yeah. That's how you want to spend your and 2018. Al- <laughs> um, and also with you does fit into that. And also with a, you. In a bit of a different way. Um, I also really like, uh, well, we've discussed this before, but I always really like, ain't that just the way? Yeah, that one's so good. That so one good. is a lot like, there you go. Yeah. It's essentially just, that's how things are, yeah. I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> According to you, at least. <laughs> Basically <laughs> means nothing. Right. I'm just trying to say something, so you'll stop talking to I'm me. I'm just keeping the rhythm of this conversation. Yeah. I work in retail. <laughs> that is basically what you're saying when you say that. Um, yeah. What movie are we talking about this there week? There you go. Uh, we are... <laughs> well, this week Christian's ta- been transformed into a blob and I must do battle with it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it's like a little Scooby-Doo, maybe? A little Scooby-Doo. Not Scrappy-Doo, don't you say it. I hate that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, jeez. <laughs> now I know what not to wear to our Halloween party. Your scrappy My new scrappy costume, costume that you better not have if you're a self-respecting human man. <laughs> also, imagine me trying to fit into any costume that's like everyone like, would be like, "Oh, for you're a kid. Oh, you're like, fat. You're fat Scooby Doo." <laughs> no, I'm I'm Scrappy Doo. No, I'm Scrappy Doo. The character who is about a third the size of Scooby-Doo <laughs> and is skinny also. I don't know if Scrappy-Doo's skinny. Well, it's puppy. hard to know. He's just little. He's a little puppy. He's he's like round, basically. Yeah, okay, fair <laughs> he's enough. He's like a little bowling ball. You know what kind of dog uh, Scooby-Doo's supposed to be? Uh, no. Scooby-Doo is a Great Dane. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Scooby-Doo's a Great Dane. Cool. Which is why he's shaggy sized, roughly. Oh yeah, he's actually like a, bi- a big boy. Yeah, big boy, boy, okay. boy. My parents had a uh, Great Dane, and when he stood on his hind legs, he was taller than my dad. My dad mm. is six foot six. Whoa! <laughs> he would like look down on my dad. That's actually kind of terrifying. He could put his paws on my dad's shoulders and like drool on his head. It was dang. It was is your dad? Did did he make it? <laughs> is he like? Is my dad alive? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's fine. Because that dog sounds like it might have <laughs> killed your dad. <laughs> He almost did. They actually did have to. Like they actually did. did have to give him away because they couldn't oh, take care of him Lord. anymore. Well, no, it's okay. They found okay. like there, there's like a family um, in the next town over who like they have a they have a couple Great Danes. They have like a farm, and they had a couple Great Danes. So he had room to run around and be silly and not knock over my ailing father oh God. <laughs> and like drag. Yeah. He that fell down the fair. stairs a few too many times, right? For comfort, you know. <laughs> Because you can do like one or two and be like, it's cool. Yeah. Stairs, whatever. And then you get up there. Yeah. After a while, it's like, all right, well. I'd rather not be knocked down the stairs this, by this a be- giant Also, dog. that dog had the, the, the unfortunate quirk that anytime there was a person of color around, he would not stop barking. Oh, God. It was the weirdest thing. That sucks. And so like, <laughs> so like my brother-in-law, who is African-American- this mm-hmm. over there for I don't even remember for what. Maybe it was even for our wedding. That can't be. No, it wasn't. That cannot be. That cannot be. But he was there and like the dog like pinned him to the wall. He was like so angry. We we're like, what the fuck? Jeez. He was just standing there. It wow. sucks. Dogs yeah. are racist. That dog that dog was so racist. All dogs are uh, racist. Hey, all dogs go to racist heaven. Oh, that can't be a thing. No. That better not be a thing. Well, I just said it, so. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. Well. All things that I say become true. <laughs> no. <laughs> we need to delete this podcast from the internet. 
This episode, we are discussing the 2005 sci-fi action film, (laughs) Serenity. I was trying to think of a better descriptor. Uh, Serenity. It is a film. Joss Whedon's uh, cinematic debut. Oh, really? As a director. Oh. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Huh. Because, I mean, he's a a household name at that point in terms of, like, Buffy and Firefly. Yep. People are loving him. But I didn't realize that was his first movie. The first one that he directed. He wrote Uh, uh, wrote, uh, Aliens 3. Oh, sweet. Uh, Or was it 4? I think it might have actually been 4. And then he wrote uh, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Yeah, uh, but he it, but he had never directed. He did not direct it. Cool. And he also co-wrote uh, Toy Story two. Oh, um, huh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. So enjoy hey, that. You, you get the money where it comes. You know. Yeah, you get it. You get it where. It you comes. get it. Hey, you get it. Um, I'm sorry. Um, uh, so we will be talking about Serenity in a series of randomly generated critical context. David, are you ready to get yeah, started? Yeah, I Let's am. Let's do the first context. Let's do this. Um, oh, we should clarify real quick though. Ready. Serenity is based on the television series Firefly from Fox, uh, mm-hmm. canceled before its time, and then fan response famously led Fox to be like, okay, Jesus, and they made this movie. Um, per our previous rules regarding <laughs> film discussions, we are going to be pretending that Serenity stands completely on its own and does not tie into any other media or story exigent from itself. Mm-hmm. Which, to be fair, both of us saw this movie before we saw the show Firefly. Yes. And it worked. That, it did. You know, like I saw it in theaters and I did not come away saying, but who was that and why was that and why did this matter? It worked pretty well as a movie Yes, that... It, it stands completely on its own two legs. It's understandable. Yeah. It's a lot more deep. Some of the moments, especially with Simon and River, are a little bit more interesting if you take into account the show. But I saw it and I thought that was an awesome movie. Wait, there's a show too? Great, I'll go find it. Absolutely. And not, I need to go find the show so I can understand that movie. So you know what? I think we're going to be just fine. Yeah. Well, and we were talking about this before we started recording, but I had the exact same experience with Cowboy Bebop the movie, another movie about space cowboys. Uh, <laughs> Who that was based on a TV series that I had never seen the show, but I watched the movie in theaters and uh, enjoyed it and understood it just fine. Mm. So just a fun trend that's going on (laughs) in my life. Uh, All right. Context number one. What would be the saddest ending possible for this movie? This one is on the table. Yes. It is? Yeah, it is. Last really? time we did the saddest endings was... was Lady, Lady Bird? Bird. yeah. Shit. Oh, my God. All yeah, right. Yeah, all right. Buckle up. Oh, man. I mean, the ending wasn't super happy, but no. it could have been worse. Yeah. So okay. picture this. There's a fire at the airport. <laughs> Oh my god. It's a fun okay. joke for everybody to enjoy. It's so so um, good. Uh be sure to check our Ladybird episode. What if every time we told a callback joke we had to we had like to reference, reference it? We had to like Yeah, we had to put in like a footnote like It's a great idea. We and like especially it. if we recorded the footnote separately and I just spliced it in like really rough. Or like for put more a robot information about this joke David just made. Yeah. Go to page fifteen. You get the like program that into the contextual computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could. It's well, a lot of work. I could try. It would, it would suck, but I could try. 
Um, okay, so what would be the saddest ending possible for the 2005 film Serenity? Okay, the film already features two character deaths yeah. at the end of the movie. Two major, uh, two brutal character ones. deaths. I mean, Wash's death is devastating. It's it's uh, infamous. Uh, yeah, and infamous as just sort fans. of being sudden and horrible, and the reaction to it is very sad uh, from her, from her, from his I was going to say from her husband, Zoe, and I was like, no, no, no. It's the other way around. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how she identifies, but I'm pretty sure he calls her a wife at one point. Um, (laughs) Yes. From his wife, Zoe, it's, you know, it's it's a real meaningful death. And then... uh, Book. And and book dies, and Mister Universe dies too. Yeah, that, is that I don't know. There that, are three graves at the I, end. I don't know I if that like mostly... constitutes a particularly major death, but yeah, that does yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. Our 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 dear departed Crumholtz. Right. Yeah. Dear yeah. departed David Crumholtz mm-hmm. <laughs> from our favorite show, Numbers. <laughs> Numbers. No, no, no. It's a, the cooking show. Numbers. <laughs> Starring Mister Universe. Numbers. Numbers. Um, so two people die, but obviously more people could. Uh, you know, the, like Simon and Kaylee have that conversation about how like they uh, they've been flirting, and he was flirting. like they've been flirting, and he was like I like flirting with you. This is my Simon impression. So, I think it's pretty good. It's so like good. kind of on point. So I've been flirting with you, Kaylee, and I think maybe I'd like to. God, I'd like to risk it for the biscuit, if you know what I'm oh, saying. It's and so painful. I mean, I haven't seen the movie in like a little bit, but I'm pretty sure that is 100% an exact <laughs> recreation of the scene. So bear with me. <laughs> if you didn't want to watch the movie Serenity, I apologize because I'm essentially yeah, just yeah. putting so, it. Yeah, spo- yeah. Spoilers. Right spoilers for Serenity. <laughs> um, he says, "What did he say? Risk it with a biscuit. Risk what? it for the biscuit. risk it for the biscuit." <laughs> Now, David, I have to ask, and I, I know this could kill the joke a little bit. Did you come up with risk it for the biscuit? No, no, God, no. no. Okay. People say that all the time about, like, do getting, they? getting pooned. I'm going to stop yeah. you right there. People that also do say- Do they? they do, well, okay, people don't say it all the time. I feel like I've heard it at least a few times about specifically men doing toxic things and trying to get with women that they probably don't even know. Risk it's it that the that's biscuit. the context in which I know what the phrase, a line. risk it for the biscuit, which I assume or I have always assumed means the vagina. But it could actually just be a phrase that people used to say about like, oh, you Trying know, to get biscuits, you have but to in the most <laughs> difficult way possible. Right? <laughs> like, oh, man, these, oh, man, those biscuits are over on the opposite side of this lake of fire. <laughs> oh, dang. Oh, well, but. But I gotta risk it for the biscuit. I must literally risk it for the actual biscuit. <laughs> Sir, if you go to KFC one more time, <laughs> I'm sure you're going to have a massive heart attack. I'll just have to risk it for the biscuit. <laughs> so, welcome to our show where we come up with ways to use idioms that are very literal. <laughs> and I love it. So, Simon and Kaylee have sex, but then he has a heart attack during sex (laughs) (laughs) and falls on top of her um she doesn't die but uh like i think his body like seizes up and so she like has her she has to like break his bones to like get him off her i don't know i'm just going jesus (laughs) fucking christ oh my god david so that's pretty sad yeah Man, I don't. I wouldn't want to risk that for the bisque. <laughs> no. That <laughs> bisque. That I had to make it rhyme. Sure, that's the only way the idiom works. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Idioms aren't real if they don't rhyme. Yeah. So at least Simon dies like 
with this unfulfilled love. And I think that's something that made the ending very sweet. And if you sweep that rug out from under it, ba-bam. Sad. What if he dies on top of her Yep. whilst ejaculating? Oh, God. She gets pregnant. Oh no! And now she has to raise oh. she has to raise this baby by herself. Oh, that is pretty sad. In space. In space. Yeah, single motherhood's hard enough. Yeah, the rent in space is through the roof. And and now this kid's got a crazy aunt. Yeah, who's like a psychic or whatever. Oh yeah, weird. Yeah. And like most people who have weird psychic aunts, <laughs> it's not that big of a problem because they're not actually psychic, and you can just not go to their seances. And oh, like send yeah. them a card on their birthdays, but like this if you're on a spaceship yeah. and she's an actual psychic, I mean, try try hiding your Jimmy caps from her. <laughs> Wait, what? You know what? Okay, I'm gonna go with it. Okay, sometimes you gotta so, risk it for the biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what fiction mm-hmm. I was creating with that. All right, okay. I think their their ship certainly would not have been repaired. I think uh, the ending montage could just be instead of a, a sort of feel good. Well, we lost a couple people, but we'll get back in the air and we'll keep flying because you know what? That's what cowboys do, or whatever he says. Yeah, that is what cowboys do. You can't do. take the sky from Famous, me. I'm a cowboy. Famously, cowboys known for flying a yep. lot. I'm just gonna fly this spaceship through the sky because that's what cowboys do. <laughs> Malcolm Reynolds. Uh. But essentially, this sort of heartwarming, we're going to keep at it, and we're going to keep trucking in this space truck. Instead of that, the space truck doesn't get fixed. No. Uh, And they all have to just get normal-ass jobs that are miserable. Like, there's, like, Zoe in a factory, and she's, like, making shoes. Space factory? Ugh, yeah, space factory. Even worse. Even worse. Uh, Working for the the evil empire, you know. No, no. The The alliance. The alliance. Yeah, working for the alliance. And Jane is, like, a space office temp. Right, or, like, yeah, he's definitely a temp. He's, like, getting coffee. And, like, little people that he hates. Yeah, little space people that he hates are, like, (laughs) get me some space coffee, space intern. (laughs) And then he has to. And not too much space cream this time. (laughs) <laughs> yep, that's true. I, the other nice thing about having uh, having a completely comprehensive knowledge of this movie is that we remember exactly how many things they call space things, <laughs> which is most of them. So that's like kind of a space direct things. pull from the script of yeah. like the space everything. The ships, though, not spaceships. No, they're just ships. They're just ships. Yeah, it's a really subtle, ni- nice job, Josh. Yeah, Sweet. good. Nice jo- job. You know, this is why this is why he's so revered <laughs> because he knows when fans. to use. He space. knows when and when not to use the word space. So that would be sad for, like, I think that could be kind of a a ruination. I think that would have to include the message, like, he jams it in, and then, yeah, so, you know, when he goes into that thing that's, like, hard to get to, climbs over all the stuff, stabs the operative, <laughs> gets him with a sword, everything's going great, and then he, like, puts the disc in to transmit. He either, like, forgets the password that he's supposed to use, or hit the hard drive failed and like the files are corrupted and so like they can't get out. And so essentially they've done all this work. They've all died a bunch. All they've so they've all died a bunch. They've all died a bunch. I mean they lost people. They lost people. They that lost they cared people about, yeah. doing this mission that ends up being worthless. Because yeah. they don't even get the word out that will help people realize that they're being enslaved by the alliance, et cetera, et cetera. Or not even that, but just that the alliance is not as cool as they as citizens maybe think they are sure which is important information but if that doesn't get out and they all just sort of 
have to be not believed and maybe in 10 you know you see a fa- uh, flash forward to 10 years and mal has like this giant beard and he's on a street corner being like the alliance is evil they 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 made the reapers and everybody's like yeah shut up alex jones like yeah <laughs> no they didn't like that's stupid he that would could, he, cool. he would he turn could, into quite the alex he jones could become type, the alex yeah. jones yeah be the alex jones you want to see in the world <laughs> no please don't <laughs> um that would be pretty sad yeah I can think of a couple ways we could make it sadder. Okay. I would say that it is always sad when an old person fails to get their driver's license. <laughs> it's true. Call back to Kubo and the Two Strings. It's true. And also <laughs> the other time that we did this, the same fucking context. It's true. Um, no, uh, not, the, not the driver's license thing. I was ramping up, hoping that I would come up with a funnier way to end that sentence, but I couldn't. No, it is always sad, though, when an old person fails to get their driver's license. It is pretty tough. Uh, How about if River, in the course of events at the end, uh, is able to transmit the message, but the only way she can do it is by some sort of like psychic overload or something like she has to like she has to utilize all of the brain powers that they've voiced upon her and it causes right. her to completely lose her right. ability she's to think she's like completely catatonic it. she's like Vegetable. a vegetable yeah uh and now Simon has to take care of her forever. Mm, but like in that. an even more overt way. Like he puts yeah. her back in that freezy box and is like, well, And that means go. that if he and Kaylee are going to be together, that means that like she's going to have to help. Yeah. It's going to be hard. Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, what if? Oh, boy. A flash forward scene. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, flash. This is fucked up. A flash forward scene after that ending where uh, Kaylee and Simon are sitting with their new baby, bouncing on her knee, and everything's great. And then all of a sudden, like, Simon hears, like, like a fart from a the f- other room. Fart? <laughs> I don't know why. Okay, I no, no, that's fart. good. Let's go with it. It's fart. And, <laughs> still and sad, he's like, still oh, sad. shit, I gotta, go, I gotta go change River. And so oh. he has to, like, leave Kaylee with this baby, and Kaylee, like, is, like, starts to cry like um she's like basically taking care of this baby by herself because simon's too has to take care of the other baby take care of the other adult baby yeah yeah Ooh. Ooh. hard yeah that's that's hard that's the hard stuff boy what if uh why, why is all of our phrasing what if so maybe, fucked up tonight what if maybe like half of them took an incredible amount of brain damage like mm. we got river and jane and, no, no, no. Jane didn't. Uh, River, Zoe, and um, Mal definitely. Mal did, and Inara. They all got like conked or shot or whatever so much that they are not dead, but not really alive. And so they're being taken care of by Simon, Kaylee, Jane, and another person in this movie. Badger. <laughs> no, he's Inara? not in this movie. No, she got conked. Oh, you already you already said she, she got, got conked. conked. Yeah. <laughs> she got conked. Sorry, dog, she got conked. Badger. <laughs> no, he's not. He can't. He's not in this And the movie. operative. The operative decides that he's gonna <laughs> take care of him. Hey, so maybe. Essentially, so the it's just sort of compounded effect of like they start this hospital just for these people because war takes a toll. 
you know, and it's they may have had a triumph by broadcasting this message of justice to the world. But what did it cost? And what did it accomplish? Nothing is probably true. What if people like flashes forward a little bit and like they're still being hunted. No one gives a shit about the message that they spent so much effort to get out there. And ultimately the Alliance gives up chasing after them, not because they're too hard to find, but because it's just not worth it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They failed. Ultimately, that is the pretty realistic ending of this movie also, which is super sad. But I I remember thinking that when I when I watched this movie, I was like, does this matter? Like, Would this change my day to day? Like, yeah, the government didn't experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I am pretty sure that's happening somewhere right now. Yeah. Like, that's not, that. I can't do anything about that as a member of the Alliance as a citizen. So, like, it sucks. Yeah. That's the saddest ending is the the lack of agency that any one individual has when yeah. they watch at this that point, expose. At that point, is it kind of like, it's it already is the saddest ending. But then again, okay, here's here's the fucked up one. What if every movie is ultimately the saddest ending for everyone in America? Because you basically get to the end of it and you're like, oh man, that was cool. Oh shit. Oh, I literally can't do anything. Oh no. I could never do that thing that those heroes do. Do that thing, and then that thing, even if I did do it, would accomplish nothing. We're all yep. just sort of like surviving <laughs> as best we can, and we're all gonna die, God. and it's futile. Yeah, maybe. So, really, the saddest ending is us. <laughs> <laughs> the humans were the saddest ending. Hey, can I trade you a trisket for a biscuit? <laughs> yeah, you got to risk it for the tricks. Got to risk it. Got to risk it for the trisket. I almost said it. Yeah, babes. Well, we came up with a few ways to make that pretty yeah, sad. Yeah, I'd say it's pretty sad. You want to move on to context another one? I do think it would be the most ultimate sad if Shepard, instead of dying, just went into the DMV one day and they were like, you're too old to drive. She- if it was Shepard. Yeah, I guess he would be the character to do that. Yeah, yeah. He just was too senile and like, couldn't see and had like cataracts. Oh, and they were like, bud, you can't drive a spaceship. And he was like, but... But I have a secret backstory, and they were what, like, "No, I, you don't. Yeah, you have a secret. <laughs> I have a secret backstory, and I don't have to tell it to you <laughs> ever." Okay, yeah, that that is a line from this movie when when he's like, "You have to tell me about that someday." And he's like, "No, I don't." And no, it's like, I don't. That's like Joss Whedon being like, "Stop asking, please, <laughs> everyone, stop asking what happened with this character." <laughs> but you take that scene and you put it in the DMV, and they say. Sir, you have to be able to see to drive. And he says, no, I don't. And they're like, no, actually, you do. Like, <laughs> no, you but you really a, do. You can't get a driver's license. What if... What if the operative finds out yeah. at the end that Shepard Book was his dad and that he had killed okay. him? <laughs> that he had killed him uh, over this, like, sort of petty mission... And that now that his entire world of belief has crumbled around him, as we see at the end of the movie, he's also faced with the fact that his shitty beliefs caused the death of his own father by his own hand. And now he's forced to live with that. Yep. That's pretty bad. And Mal paralyzed him, so he's in a wheelchair. Yeah, also he's in a wheelchair. Also he's in a wheelchair. Mal did paralyze him. Like, oh shit, what if, what if... Because we see him walking at the end of the movie, and That's I true. think, he, he was fuck okay. that. Yeah. 
what if Mal had paralyzed him to the point, like, neck down paralyzed him, and he keeps wanting to kill himself, like, fall on his oh, sword, but he can't, but he and can. no one's going to do it for him, so he's forced to live for the rest of his life in this horrible way, knowing he'd completely failed. That's pretty sad for the operative. That's sad for him, <laughs> like, right. Yeah, Not necessarily the villain the of the think, movie. Well, but I think they also do a pretty good job of, like, humanizing him at the end of the movie I to make it so. seem like, yeah. seem like you know, he, he was following his beliefs, and, of course, he was he was wrong. Right. But he, but he tried his best. I, I think if you add that to, like, all of the other sort of old person slash diaper <laughs> scenarios that we've created, that I think that, that makes sense. Old a, person slash diaper. <laughs> it's a category that I sort by oh, quite often. On Pornhub? Oh, God. Old person slash diaper. And my porn profile. My pornography, Your pornography profile. profile. Shout outs to X Machina. See, this, this callback system is working out pretty great yeah thanks for the reference all right another context yeah let's do it what if this was a romantic comedy or if it is what if it was a romantic tragedy m tragedy m tragedy m like rated m for mature (laughs) i'm gonna guess that that was a uh mistake but let's let's so this is what let me let me make a hot take this is not a romantic comedy i'm gonna argue with you just kidding. I'm going to agree. It is not yes. a romantic comedy. I win again. You All win right. again. Next contest. Um, uh, okay, well, so, so, okay. This is not a romantic comedy. What Serenity if is not. Serenity a was, a, was a romantic comedy. Well, what if? What, how would this movie be different? Mm. How would this movie have to be different in order for it to qualify as a romantic comedy? Well, I think the key scene, of course, is one I've already mentioned, in which Simon says. Well, Kylie, I think I'd oh, like to risk God. it for the biscuit. Jesus H. Fuck, man. <laughs> I think that's that's sort of the the uh, nexus, the big bang, if you will, for where the idea of mine, I, where I think this romantic comedy should go. Because they do have some chemistry, and they're both fun characters. They both have a lot of complicated things going on, especially Simon. But I think they find a way to get through it. Yeah. I think it could be one of those like almost Love Actually style romantic comedies. I was going to say, because there are a lot of couples. There's, exactly. There's like Malin and Nara. you got Malin and Nara. You've got uh, Kaylee, tons of tension and Kaylee and Simon. Yeah. You've got um, fucking uh, Zoe and Zoe Wash. And you Wash. have Jane and Vera, his gun. <laughs> you got Jane and Vera, um, who I don't believe is canonically or is in the movie. Oh, or referenced so? at least as maybe not. Such. Well, you can you can edit that out. You've got Mister Universe and his sex robot. That's true. You do. Um, yeah. you've got the operative and and his and his virtues. Yeah. <laughs> his, his virtues. <laughs> this is a romantic comedy about a man and his morals. Okay, w- real quick. Yeah. Before we get into the rest of the context, how would that work as a movie? Let's just say. Let's just say you're like, I want to make a romantic comedy yeah. about a man falling in oh, love oh, with his, in love with his okay, beliefs. Yeah. Oh, How would you do it? Wow. Okay. Okay. Because now I really want yeah. to know the answer to this. I think there would have to be, um, it would be a romantic movie in the sense that Lars and the Real Girl is a romantic movie. Mm-hmm. That like you're watching it and it has the trappings of something but it's also has it has an undercurrent of something sinister or disturbing or confusing uh it's quirky but also weird and i think there would have to be an embodiment of what 
I just had a really, I just had a thought, but let, okay. I'll let you. I, I think that there would have to be an embodiment of his beliefs. Yeah. That would, he would have a conversation with like himself in his head <laughs> and he'd like flirt with himself in the mirror, but the mirror him would only say like very by the book things. And then he would like kind of argue or like have doubts and that him would be like, no, you gotta. And then he'd like kiss the mirror or something. I don't know. It's a stretch. So. It occurs to me that a romantic comedy about a man falling in love with beliefs is basically just every Christian movie ever made. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's, like, it's all about a dude who doesn't really want, who doesn't believe a certain thing, learning to believe, to love that belief. Yeah. Yeah, actually. So there you go. There you go. All right. Facing so, but how would Serenity be? I'm sorry. What did you just say? Facing the Giants. Okay. Uh, Serenity as a romantic comedy. How would that go? How would this movie have to be different? I, I do think that it would have to have a different conflict. I think it would be more about... I think the main dramatic conflict would be between characters, obviously. Way more sexual tension between Malin and Ara. Yep. Amp that up. Rev it. Like, that is the key to keeping people into it because there's some will they won't they with Simon and Kaylee because he's really busy with his sister River and I think figuring out what's up with River is the main dramatic conflict so it's not the Reavers trying to kill them (laughs) because that can't be occurring in the background of a romantic comedy (laughs) that's true or I, I guess it can. Be interesting. I guess it but can. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. wouldn't be the forefront. I would say. So, would you say that her, that their storyline, if this were love, actually, is the Laura Lenny storyline? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, where he's in love with her, but he's got to deal with. But his, he's got yeah. He's got uh-huh. a sibling who's sick. Yep. Yep. Basically, um, I mean, it's pretty similar. It's actually. Pretty similar. It's yeah. like Simon does is not very emotionally available. Because he is pretty wrapped up in keeping himself alive and protecting his sister. Yep. And Kaylee knows that. And so she's trying to break through. She's very happy-go-lucky. Doesn't really have a lot going on. Lives by herself. Works on machines. But really thinks that doctor's cute. And he's got a nice jawline. What's going to happen? <laughs> Tune in next week on Serenity. Oh, boy. Um, okay. Yeah. I could see. Yeah, I think having the built-in couples... Mm-hmm. In it this, in, in the in the ship and in the movie in general, I think helps a lot. Yeah. I, uh, so okay, what would the driving conflict be if it's not mm-hmm. if it's not this weird fetch quest to figure out what Miranda mm-hmm. is uh-huh. and uh, solve that mystery? I think that could still be it, though. Could I it? don't think you have to tweak that much. Okay. I think you can even like I I I'm on board with trying to keep the trappings of the plot of Serenity, but tweak certain scenes where characters die or are maimed or things like that to turn it into something that could be seen as not a mainstream romantic comedy, but a quirky sci-fi parody romantic comedy sort of thing. Okay. Uh, so maybe 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 a lot of the sort of like philosophical conversations that some of the characters have, like especially like Simon and River and and stuff like that, mm-hmm. is less about survival, is less about um, her sanity, is less about uh, the sort of ethics of the alliance and whatever, and more about their individual needs yeah. to find someone mm-hmm. who can like be with right. them, that kind of thing. Yes, the down moments are more about. Uh, 
ideology the, inter- the interpersonal and, conflict exactly yeah. yeah and they talk about what they think love is with each other and all that stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And when mal says like, he aims to misbehave he means like i'm into kink like <laughs> i want to <laughs> get tied up yeah and then run away i want to get kink. i want to get real <laughs> get tied up and run away <laughs> he wants to get tied up but he wants to escape so like don't make it too tight but That's well he's thing. tied up still though yeah, no, yeah, he wants to beat, like, he, he wants, wants to have some rope still He wants on. to have some rope tied tied up to him and to a bed, but then he gets away and you chase him, and that's what really gets him going. you have to hog tie him. Yeah, and you lasso like him. Like he's a piggy. Yeah, because you got to risk it for him. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it, he wants Simon to hog tie Should him. risk it for the biscuit become the tagline of this show? I mean, it's... Hey, you got to risk it for the biscuit. You do have to. Contextual deviance, risk it for the biscuit. <laughs> no, I don't want no, that. I don't want that either. I don't think the biscuit but industry would be very happy the, about that either. The biscuit industry. <laughs> I do think that the best couple uh, is Simon and Kaylee if we're talking about romantic comedy. I'd, I'd say between them or Mal and Anara. Yeah. I I'm intrigued though by a lot of romantic comedies have a an older established bickery couple mm-hmm. that can either be filled by Mal and Anara or Zoe and Wash right. because Zoe and Wash are very established they they are sweeter than the usual bickery old people in a romantic comedy but they would have a lot to say about their dynamic right. to uh, Simon and Kaylee a, a lot to be like yeah we're different you know she's real strong and I'm just a weak little guy that wears island shirts and likes dinosaurs but we get along and we make it work and, and then they kiss and they're like partners and stuff yeah uh, I think they would just be sort of a st- they would be like the steady ones and then Malin and R would be like the ones that like hate each other but want a bone and then Simon and Kaylee would be like the young spry flowery ones that are like i can't wait to get my first kiss yeah 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 that's a line too and then maybe maybe jane could be sort of a wild card character who's like (laughs) who's like a sleazeball who's really laying it on thick with Mm. either inara or with kaylee i think like kaylee and like yeah and then she is like getting frustrated with simon and like Mm -hmm. like starts flirting with Jane back because yeah, at least he's giving her attention right but it, which is the classic romantic comedy yeah, trope but ultimately Simon uh, you know he, he takes Biff and he punches him um, <laughs> yeah. to prove that he's a man yeah uh, and uh, yeah yeah that works huh I think I think that could be cool. I think maybe we could introduce e- a, another wing of that love triangle. Yeah. And say that, um, let's see. Well, I want Shepard to be involved. I think, okay. I think, I think Book is just, he's too sexy. He would be, he would survive. So so the the biggest difference in this is that Book would survive the entire affair, okay. or the entire yes, escapades the of the film, and he would marry both Malin and Ara and Simon and Kaylee at the end of the movie. Oh. I think we uh-huh. could still keep Wash dying. Okay. okay. To sort of like emphasize the sort of like the loss of love and sort mm. of like. Yeah, because there can be sad moments in a romantic comedy. That's Absolutely. Yeah. And then that that is, it, it, it convinces Malin and Ara and Kaylee and Simon that they can't take mm. this for granted anymore. No. They gotta, you know. Go for it. Stop eating around the bush. Go for it, Yeah. One must risk it. For that biscuit. 
I get it now. <laughs> you finally I get finally it. I finally get I've it. I taught you the lesson. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I like it. The keeping Wash dying is nice. It's nice. It's so <laughs> nice to kill to kill Alan yeah. Tudyk. Yeah, but I think I think, you could, I think you could make it happen and still have a lot of the sci-fi action. I think it would just you'd have to somehow dial down the stakes. Yeah, of the sci-fi action and have it be less of the focus and more of a like side plot. Like, oh, we have to get in another fight, but while the fight is happening, we're having this banter. Which and you know, Joss Whedon's good at that shit. Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of weird because you think about the, like you talk about lowering the stakes, and this movie <laughs> is a movie that has to work so hard to make the stakes seem high. Right. When, because like we talked about, it's like them broadcasting this message. What is it actually accomplishing? It's not doing a lot. The stakes are pretty low yeah. if you're if you're being realistic about it. But they they have a lot of speeches and a lot of like high ideals mm-hmm. that makes it seem like it's a much uh, much higher tension, much higher stakes. Uh, and so I, f- I yeah. worry that dialing them down will just make <laughs> it seem completely pointless. <laughs> Yeah, and maybe that would be the case, but I think maybe. I think that would be okay because the well, we're romantic, romantic comedy tension right. would be amped up, and so I think it could actually become not even the worst movie because the strength of Serenity is not its amazing plot that makes perfect sense and is so compelling, right. but it's its character dynamics. Yeah. So I think if there is a sci-fi action movie that could be turned into a, a romantic comedy and survive and maybe even thrive... It's Serenity. Yeah, or The Fifth Element. Uh, yeah, it's either one. Of course, they'd have to change some of the sexist dynamics. I love The yeah. Fifth Element, but man, there's some problematic it's shit true. going on in that romance. So what would it be called? Serenity Dippity. Oh. <laughs> Nailed it. Jesus uh, H. Fuck. Or Love Galactually. <laughs> Nailed it again. Two for two. All right, can I get one more? 13 going on 30 light years away. That's not a nope, joke. That's, that's, hey, you know how jokes go. <laughs> and that's not it. <laughs> Welcome back to the Comstain Couch. <laughs> oh, the Comstain Couch. Uh, be sure to listen to our Thor Ragnarok episode. <laughs> okay. Well, those are my ideas. I don't know if you have any good oh, name ideas, man. but I just gave you three juicy blueberries. <laughs> um,. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I got, I got nothing, man. Must love space dogs. <laughs> Must love space dogs is my favorite one so far by a lot. Um, <laughs> must love space dogs. <laughs> yeah. You must. Uh, Mr. Universe and the women. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's something. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. I think we did it. All about Space Eve. No. Mm. Mm. <laughs> All about Reeve. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay. See, now you're on to something. Ah, now yeah. you're catching on. <laughs> Do we have any other thoughts about this context? Absolutely are we, not. Are we done? Okay, cool. So, Serenity Let's could be a pretty good uh, romantic comedy. Yeah, serenity dipity. Oh. I don't know how to if it's you can't just say seren serendi- serendipity. Serendipity. Yeah, because you can't just serendipity. <laughs> yeah, it just sounds like hey, <laughs> I, I read it to you a year ago today. It's real serendipity. <laughs> serendipity. This is some fantastic serendipity. 
It's like a children's book series. Yeah, it is. It's me, your aunt, Serendipity. <laughs> Bloopity bloppity blue. Hey, let's talk about race. Yeah, let's. Let's talk about race. It's on the board. <laughs> it's it's on the board. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't think we had done this one recently. Yeah, I think not since Thor Ragnarok. Mm. So it's, it's a couple. Okay. So let's talk about race and serenity. This is an interesting topic with this movie, I think. Yeah. Because. Space. Uh, space race. Um, <laughs> but I think there is a certain element of aiming for diversity that Firefly and by extension Serenity attempted to some success. But there are definitely points of contention. Okay. I would say that of the lead actors, there are a few people of color but none, I don't know, the agency of them is questionable. Well, no, that's not true. Well, you get the, oh, actually, kind of, because you've got <laughs> Zoe, who explicitly follows Mal's orders, like, very closely. Right. You've got, you've got the, um, the bad guy, um, fucking, uh, what, what have you been calling him? The operative. Yes, the operative. The operative. Mm-hmm. who is following the orders of the Alliance very closely sure. and is sort of like a good soldier type. But also his own ideals. I mean, to be fair, I don't think the fair. Alliance all believes that if you die, you should fall, or if you fail, you should fall on your sword. Sure. Like that's his own Sure, thing, sure, right? sure. That's true. But he is uh, he is not his own thing. It seems like he sort of is on a very, very long leash that yeah. the Alliance sort of said, like, go get them and do whatever, you know, operate however you see fit because you're... Yeah, kind of off the grid, like maybe not real government, but you're getting paid by the government, sort of assassin. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, and then you've got, uh, and then you've got Book Shepherd Book, yeah. who is maybe the most untethered of the characters in the film, right? Uh, in that he's sort of off doing his own thing, mm-hmm. um, being, being a pastor to yeah. a bunch of people in a place called Haven, just being nice. Yeah, and then he gets killed, and then he gets killed he's for, a safe house for nothing, for nothing, for nothing. I mean, it's not for nothing. It's because they didn't want them to go back there, so they killed the people. <sighs> yeah, I guess you're right. Um, so, <laughs> but I'm not an operative apologist, but you know. So, so those are why. those are the characters of color in the movie that yeah. I can think of that really have any bearing on the plot. Yeah, I think I think um, River and Simon are coded as being uh, mixed race. Their name uh, River and Simon Tam. Um, uh, sure, and. Uh, the thing about the Serenity and Firefly universe is that uh, the Alliance is meant to be coded as a coalition of America and China. So right. they speak a lot of Chinese. There's a lot of Chinese iconography and and, and dialect mm-hmm. throughout the series right. and film. And like in this movie specifically, the one of the first civilization things that we see is that big bar. And like most of the stuff on the screens is all like in Chinese, yes, and in languages that you know at least the English speaker does not understand, and so it's it's very clear that a lot of their media, yes, is and not yet in at English. the same time, I cannot think of a single actor in the film who appeared to have right. been of Chinese descent, besides maybe some extras and maybe Summer Glau. I'm not sure, hmm. uh, but it's 
it's a movie that that talks a big game in terms of like hey it's diverse now it's not just you know it's not just white people we're we're a whole we're a whole alliance and then <laughs> and then it's actually just white people and then it's actually we tell just white people about. in the whole thing yeah yeah um i mean also there's the well do you have any thoughts on this before well i i think that's one of the most interesting parts of it because any movie that takes place in like when we did this for thor ragnarok as well it's like well it's fantasy so really we can kind of just do whatever we want and anything that takes place in space in magic in some place that is not our world that is a, a thousand years after now 200 years after uh, now it's that say? shit do they we d- know it says on the wikipedia let me pull it up right okay quick. okay i want to um, know but but uh continue your thought anything that's set in enough of the distant future that you can imagine race being not you know it's not completely a non-issue but something that is different from today you're making that story up and so you can represent however you wish and so the the choice to make all of the lead characters white or uh you know somewhat white presenting i guess is the best way of putting it it's like you know simon river they i saw them as white characters as a as a person that watched the movie. I don't know if they are supposed to be, but the fact that I did see them as that means they essentially are. Uh, it's set in 2517. So 500 years in the future. Yeah. You could basically make an argument for any sort of racial situation to be going on, including uh, so much mixing that it, there's been an elimination. You know, it, like Right. Who's to say? So I think there's not a great excuse for the amount of whiteness in the main cast. Yeah, uh, I do, and like even the even in a lot of, I mean, there are a lot of extras in that bar scene, in the bank scene, um, among the various alliance soldiers, whatever, and still uh, a predominantly white. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the even the small bit roles. Think of the doctor he kills at the beginning. That's a, a white character mm-hmm. actor. Right. Um, you've got Dennis from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia yep. in the bank scene. <laughs> Uh, you know, you've got, you've got uh, of the sort of featured extras or the or the minor role characters and Sarah Paulson uh, doing the uh-huh. the video that yeah. they end up delivering. They're all white, pretty right. much. Which is there are plenty of even if you are trying to make the argument as a filmmaker to say, but the actors I know and have worked with are all white. It's like yeah, but they're you can fill at least some of these roles with specifically people that are Chinese because you're making the argument that America and China have come together and created this coalition, but everybody looks kind of American. Yeah. Like that, that just seems lazy. Yeah. They co-opt so much Chinese into it to, to imply a diversity that it's not all, it's not Mm -hmm. working with in terms of the characters. Right. Also, I would like to point out, number one, I looked it up, Summer Glau is not, uh, she is of Scotch, Irish, and German descent. Okay, pretty white. <clears throat> so very white, um, <laughs> which, again, that's, I'm not trying to shame anyone for being white. I'm trying <laughs> to say that, like, her and her brother are, their last name is Tam. They do throw out Chinese a lot. They clearly sure. can read Chinese. Mm-hmm. 
and but I, I do I feel like a lot of people can't like it's a right. bilingual world in some ways or right. it's implied that maybe it sort of is but I think I think what they're trying to say is that there is sort of that mixed heritage in the characters mm. backgrounds and mm-hmm. it does it does not borne out by the actors right that's the problem yeah yeah and I, um, I think if you read a book that was serenity or you read the screenplay and you hadn't cast it you would assume everybody was mixed Right, because of the context. But then when you cast it, oh look, a bunch of white people and a black. Or one. I mean, obviously, we don't know what people are going to look like in five hundred years. Sure, uh, in all yeah. places, all mm-hmm. walks of life. Right. Um. But let's just let's just say we've got actors now who are mixed race. We've got actors yep. now who, or at least, aren't white. And yep. like, I don't know. I I feel like yeah. they they definitely dropped the ball on that score. Right. Yeah. Um, it's not a criminal crime where somebody should be put in jail. But you dropped the ball. Like, you for sure dropped the ball because you, especially because you chose to include so much Chinese. Right. And then you didn't put they make it the such a big, culture there. It's like, like a set piece. It's yeah. set dressing. It's so, not, it's not, it, it, it's not a major, it's a major feature of the world building, but it's not a major feature of the yeah. characters. And in and that way, isn't it, I mean, it's cultural appropriation? It is. Like, it's that's set like, dressing. It's window dressing. Yeah, that, it's 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 the kind of person who dresses up in like kawaii, you know, kind of clothes and like collects anime figures, mm-hmm. but they don't know a single Asian person. <laughs> and you know, it, it's like it's okay to like those things. Absolutely. That's not a right. problem. Again, the problem not is a problem. insisting that you are you identify with that culture, you're a part of that culture, you use that culture to promote this commercial product which like as much as i as much as we love movies they are commercial products Mm -hmm. at this point most of them except for the ones that are (laughs) purely made for the money or for the love not for the money for the love love um and and you're using that iconography that style that language that culture that history to bolster a commercial project that you are then not including any of the people from that culture, that history, you know, it's kind of, it's lazy. It's a bit insulting and it's Mm -hmm. not cool. It's not cool. I have another thing that's not cool. I have another thing that's not cool, and <gasps> I wonder if it's the same thing. Maybe. It probably is, because it's, it's kind of... It's, it's kind of the thing that everyone talks about when they talk about this. Oh, really? Okay, oh, well, okay. maybe it's well, not... Well, I, I guess I haven't had this conversation as, as much as you have. Sure. Or, I don't know. I'm not going to assume that you've had this conversation a lot. No, it's fine. <laughs> the two main characters that die are black. No. Oh, Wash dies. Yeah, who's and the other Zoe one you're doesn't die. Of? I mixed it up. Just book. Yeah, Wash dies, not yeah. Zoe. I keep thinking Zoe dies because she gets hurt. Yeah, she doesn't she die. She doesn't die. She doesn't though. die. Okay, so it's fine. It's fifty percent. <laughs> it's fine. I was like, who dies? I keep getting mixed up because they also like did that stupid. It's so stupid that they did the Mister Universe thing. He's like not that important. He's why not. Did, why did they give like, him a grade? He's super important to this movie. Yeah. So we'll just say he's very sure. important. I guess he is very important. Yes, but he's one we, of the gang. But on, and honestly, having never seen the TV series before, I was like, oh, this must be a recurring character because mm-hmm. they're putting mm-hmm. a lot of time into the, this person and like acting like we should know who he is. Right. Nope. But nope, he was never on the TV series. Right. Never involved in it in any way up to that movie. So. So none of that matters. Very important. What were you going to say? So I was going to say that the big thing that people bring up about Firefly and Serenity, the big criticism 
of the series that mm-hmm. I think is worth discussing is the Lost Cause narrative. The okay. the idea that this story is basically taking the side of a group of coded Southern uh secessionists who fought a civil war Uh to try and for their own rights their individual freedoms whatever Mm -hmm. and lost and are now still out there like lamenting that they lost right like not doing illegal shit doing illegal shit not you know uh uh what's the word not assimilating back into the right into the the culture the culture that won the war you know Mm -hmm. and is Coded as a much more progressive society, a society that's much more like, like, I mean, it's literally an alliance between (laughs) America and China and all of the people who we see in these sort of like desert towns are like, they're like coded as sort of like old fashioned Southerners. They they wear bonnets and shit and ride in horses and buggies and have southern accents and dusty coats and <laughs> there was the and have revolvers and in stuff. the bank where he's like oh brown coats hey war's long over you lost like yep even we're all just folk we're now all just folk now like but like they even reference that at the beginning of the movie like yeah here's our identity we're the people that lost the war but we are clinging to this identity that even though it should be over, it's not. Yep. So yeah. so the question is, does this film and the franchise around it, but just this film, since that's what we're talking about, perpetuate a, 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 an idealization of mm. the lost cause, the secessionist Oof. movement, and of the South that's in the Civil War and thereafter? Because you have to take into account the audience for which it is made. That's the that's the argument that it could perpetuate because otherwise, like there are plenty of causes that are good right. that are lost and people are still like just because we all got killed in genocide doesn't mean we're gonna stop fighting for this right and there's no reason that that inherently is a bad narrative to be like yeah you got wiped out by Hellenizers but you still fight for what you think is right like that's not a bad story it's the similarity with America's story told by an American person for American moviegoers, like that's where I am a little bit more convinced and a little more prickly about like, oh yeah, maybe maybe it has just enough. Like if I were a Confederate sympathizer and I was like, yeah, man, they should have won. And I might see this movie and go like, hell yeah. Well, and when we're also talking about the sort of like the, the, the racial components too. I mean, Mm-hmm. of the of the areas where you see the most chinese text and things like that it's the most associated with the alliance but almost none of it yeah, that's true. from mal from the others it's it's uh, other than the ones who like mm. come from that background right you know like simon and river grew up in the alliance you know he was a successful doctor and whatever right. um you know kaylee was a mechanic on on some world like she was not a part of the brown coats movement but then you see like Mm. mal and zoe who were these southern coded soldiers they don't use the chinese nearly as much yeah i mean they swear in it a couple times but they don't uh i i I like this argument actually because it's 
the separation of the new, the infused, the Chinese lettering and more progressive culture with this southern mentality of which the Firefly crew is a part of. Like the crew of the Serenity is more a member aesthetically and by speech of the old guard of of these the dustier ones. Yeah. And Simon and River are the only ones in the crew that are, and maybe an R, I guess, once she joins Yeah, an R that sure. are that are like more classy and more alliance cool. Uh but of course are on the run from them. So I don't know. I'm I'm not convinced that it that, oh, okay. that I, I don't think that I like Joss Whedon. Why did you do this? You you wish that the Civil War went a different way. Well, I, but, but I do think I do think it, it's less necessarily a. I mean, and we can't talk about the intent behind it because right. I don't think I don't think we can know what's in his heart. Uh, that, you know, in, in the hearts of the people who made matter. the movie. Yeah. But I do think that there is in America and in American cinema there is a long-standing tradition of treating the South as sort of like a lost. Uh, mm-hmm. Society of yeah. uh, of people who who just want to be on their own, who just right. want to do you know live yeah. live simply and all this stuff, and it's mm-hmm. it's an old old narrative uh, from like the days right after the Civil War that extends as we see now yep. very much till today, and is almost gotten worse as studies have shown that people are increasingly unable to just flat out say that the civil war was because of slavery. Right. Um, it's I think 39% in, in a poll a few years ago oh, wow. said that the civil war was huh. definitely, and it was because of slavery. Everybody else was is primarily saying states rights. States rights. Yeah. Oof. W- okay. Which is okay. yeah. code for, the state's yeah, rights to own to slaves, own slaves. Exactly. and also also neglecting the fact that the civil war that the secessionist states didn't so much care about states' rights when northern states said that they would uh, allow free slaves and wouldn't ship them back down to the south. Mm-hmm. Oh, then the states' rights weren't. <laughs> uh, then those states didn't have the right to do that. So right. maybe not so much states' rights is is the thing. Yeah. Huh. Uh huh. Weird. So do um, you think that in light of that? storytelling movie making book writing tradition that it is whether or not Joss Whedon cared about it or didn't we you know that's irrelevant but serenity as an artifact as an art object fits into that tradition and therefore is at least notable if not an unfortunate part of it yeah I, it glorifies I the lost cause. I do, and I think I I honestly do think it was probably unintentional, at least in some way, because you want. It's not the first series necessarily, or the first piece of art to infuse sort of Western uh, narrative tropes with a space sure, theme, right? But it does so in a very overt way, and I get it, and I think aesthetically that works. But yeah. then also including that that war mm-hmm. component, the fact that they did fight a civil war yeah. from planets that were trying to literally secede from the alliance <laughs> and then yeah. lost. And those are our main characters. And it's never brought up even one time that the the American Civil War, and I get that, but it's like, I don't know. The fact that it's washed over so much, and, and, and I don't, 
me let me try and let me try and regroup on the sentence. Um, <laughs> okay. I would say part of what makes it a problem is that a lot of the narrative of the states' rights argument from the American Civil War is a complete ignoring of slavery's role in this incident. So mm. now mm-hmm. we've got a story in which there was another civil war, there was another secession. The people who seceded are very clearly coded as if they are American Southerners. They are in the sort of antebellum, right. you know, sort of style of outfits. They've all got Southern accents. It, they're farmers. It's it's very much of that mindset. And now we've created yeah. a story where they had another civil war, and the people who lost were Southern American coded. And they also don't mention slavery. Now, what that doesn't. <laughs> now, what that means is in the in the in the narrative of this film, they didn't secede because of slavery. But sure. the problem is, there's a narrative in real life in which people mm-hmm. believe that the Southern United States did not secede because of slavery, <laughs> and this just adds uh-huh. to that. This right. the coding is just too kind of on the nose. Yeah. For them to have not even considered it, and if they didn't. That's kind of fucked up, too. Right. Because you can still tell this. I mean, the, the problem is that if you're telling a story and you want to infuse the Western and you want to make it a space thing. Basically, if you like, have a Western and a Civil War in the same story, yeah. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta deal with and the And that's slavery. where, like, you, you gotta take out, like, it's so obvious that the Western is key to Joss Whedon's serenity. Like, it's a very important part of what makes the movie interesting is the score and the costumes and the sets and all that stuff. So then you got to do something about the civil war part of yep. it. You got like you got to make a choice about what and you know, he, they they probably just got past everyone or they were like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. I love the south. But it probably was just sort of like, oh, we didn't really realize that we were probably subconsciously telling this story that we've heard and that's why we had the idea for it because yep. we're they made some choices aesthetically, and unfortunately, that means that they uh, that yeah. they implied some things. Absolutely, I mean, I mean, yeah. and, and I mean, this isn't to say, and, and I, I bring this up every time I talk about the critical method of this show. This isn't a, a, a declarative statement that oh, Serenity's bad because no. of this. No, but it's it's definitely an aspect of this this movie that I've seen many times and own, and will probably see again, and I enjoy watching it. But I have. I, I you I think it's important to be aware of what this narrative what an interpretation of this narrative could be and to then acknowledge that and remind yourself when you know like okay but that's not cool like that's not right. acceptable right you know you can say you can say oh I love this movie just like just know that if you're also saying and it's great that he showed the South as being like the real victims of the Civil War or some yeah. shit. Like, no, you've you've taken a you've taken a wrong turn somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but I can understand how you got there. Is the thing, you know? Mm. So I think I think, and I actually think that that's one of the reasons that I like talking about things like that because then when you bring awareness to it, it it doesn't necessarily ruin the experience of watching the thing but it does make it so like when you recognize it you can say like okay i see that now and now if i see that or something similar to it exactly i can recognize it and acknowledge that that's a Mm -hmm. problem right 
it's a it's a good thing for people that consume art to do. It's a good thing for people that make art to do yes. is to to practice saying, I see where this comes from. I put it in certain context. I think about it, and that doesn't mean that it's good or bad, but it means that I'm thinking about it. Yep. Ta-da. Uh, to borrow from feminist frequency, be critical of the art that you love. Yeah, it's important. It is important and useful. And fun. <laughs> Wee. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about race-wise? No, I thought every, they did great. <laughs> everybody did great. <laughs> A plus is everybody all around. A plus, everybody did great. Everybody did great. Hey, you all know right, what, hey, David? Hey, hey, that was all the context. We talked about race. Talked about race specifically. Lost hey. cause narratives and. And the Chinese representation, representation, cultural appropriation, appropriation. all of the great things. Yeah, lots of good ones. We talked about. We talked about um, saddest ending possible Mm. for the film Serenity. Yes, we got some good ones. Yeah, we did. A lot of lot of diaper changing. Oh, yeah, we really <laughs> focused on how horrible comas are. Like, yeah, uh, and like just being vegetables and how much that sucks. Yeah, eat fruit, everyone. Yeah. Fuck Jesus. vegetables. Fuck vegetables. Um, And the other, there was one more context, buddy. Yeah, there was. What did we talk there? about, buddy? Ugh. What did we talk about, buddy? I'm so <laughs> sorry for that voice. I don't know what that was. It was gross. It's okay. Kaylee, oh, sometimes you gotta just gotta risk get, it for that. <laughs> you gotta get ready for my biscuit. Sorry. <sighs> uh, what if this was a romantic comedy? Right. God, how could I forget that one? We did Serenity as a romantic comedy, and you know what? Pretty good. I'd watch that yeah, movie. Absolutely. And I mean, it's an easy movie to do that with because everybody's so lovable. You just love them all, except Jane. He's not very lovable. No, Poor nobody Jane. likes Jane. He's an asshole. And also Adam Baldwin once blocked me on Twitter. So Hey, nice. Yeah. Oh, he's also an asshole. Oh, yeah, he's a super-duper asshole, and I told him <laughs> so, and he blocked me. Nice. So, you know, it is one of the few celebrity interactions I've had on Twitter that I was like, yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the way that turned out. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm missing a lot. Yeah. Those were good contexts. Thank you. I had fun with them. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. I, I liked that we had... Two one two ones that were like kind of fun, and then one that was serious, and then one that was like kind of fun at the end. It was like a fun sandwich with a little bit of race in the middle, <laughs> which is basically how I would describe the movie Moonlight. <laughs> a fun sandwich <laughs> with a little bit of race in the middle is how David Gutchie would describe Wait. the movie Moonlight. Actually, I should have I should have said Cars. That would have been funnier. Cars would have been funnier. Well, well for a different reason. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, w- <laughs> it would have been more fitting <laughs> and not as absurd. God, that yeah, moonlight, huh? Let me think about how fun that would be. <laughs> not so much of a fun sandwich, <laughs> a pretty sandwich, a pretty sandwich. Plenty of race in the middle, <laughs> and in both ends, and throughout. Oh, oh god! <laughs> and pretty much oh. the whole thing has a lot of race. Like the Daytona 500. God, you gotta risk it for the biscuit. <laughs> moonlight, risk it for the biscuit. What is the bit? We should just do Moonlight. We can't. St- we can't keep talking about Moonlight. It's Boy, a tough I, one. I don't know if I would. Do, I would. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable doing Moonlight on yeah, this show. I feel like there would be. It would yeah. be some things. There's some dicey yeah. things. Yeah, dicey. Uh, 
David, thank you again so much for joining us. Uh, folks, thank you for listening to Contextual Deviance. Uh, once again, my name is Christian Hagen. I've been your host. Uh, David, uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Oh, my butt. Uh-huh. And also my show, The Hypotheticast. The Hypotheticast. If you never have, it's a great little palate cleanser for this super serious show that you just listened to. Like, yes, I get so it. serious. You're weighed down by all of the things that we talked about, and that's hard. And so just go over there, over there to hypotheticast.club, and you can find all of our good, good jokes. Is it hypotheticast.club? It is. Nice. It's the best website that's of all time. That's fantastic, yeah. .com was taken at the time. That's fine, By man. a dead podcast called The Hypotheticast. Boo. Kill so yeah check that out and on otherwise the side, uh, we're the only contextual deviants hell mostly yeah. because it's a fucking pain in the ass to say for people yeah. who don't know what they're talking about it's perfect yeah it's great um yeah okay cool uh i have nothing uh to plug at this time at this stage in in my life um uh other than also my butt yes, yes. Uh, thank you all again for listening. We will be back next week with another something or other, probably. And then we've got more movies coming up and an exciting announcement in our next episode. Get ready for that. That's I'm teasing it. I'm not even going to hint at what it is. Oh Just an exciting God. announcement. I think you all are going to oh be a very pleased. Uh, in the meantime, David, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with? Doesn't Larry fight every evening? <laughs> Thank you for listening to Contextual Deviance. You can find more information about us online at our website, contextualdeviance.wordpress.com. You can tweet at us at taxdeviance. You can email us at contextualdeviance at gmail.com. Thanks to Minneapolis' own The Badman for the use of their song Gun Tonic off the album Eat Clean. This has been Contextual Deviance. My name is Christian Hagen, and have a nice day. Have a nice day! It's fucking Larry. He's always fighting. It's, it's like, I get it. You got to fight. You got to fight. But Larry. This is my fight song. <laughs> my name is Larry. <laughs> yeah, that was the alternate version. Yeah. She actually did a cover of that song for every fan that donated to her Kickstarter for that song yeah. with their name. Yeah. <laughs> this is my fight song. My name is blank. And then. <laughs> Whatever it was, they would put it in there. And by the time she got to, like, Xavier, she's like, yeah. Xavier! And yeah, her voice was raspy. just gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, if your name was less or more than two syllables, she just put Larry in there. So oh, there's okay. a lot of people that got a custom oh, man, version. Those, that's poor, just, like, those poor people. I know. Yeah. But they've got a new life as a Larry, and that's good. Mm.